this week's episode of the Starting 11 Podcast, TFC edition. We look at three points for TFC in Orlando, discuss Atlanta United midweek, and talk about sandwiches? Yeah, you heard that right. You don't want to miss it. All that and more coming up right here on the Starting 11 Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Starting Eleven Podcast, Toronto FC edition. I'm your host, Chengiz Khan, because Justin Barr is too fucking lazy to do it. <laughs> wow! Wasn't didn't think we were gonna start with a banger like that, but thanks anyways. You're bloody well already out. It was so sunny today. It was it was sunny yeah, it was. It's been sunny for quite some time. Definitely sunny in Orlando, which is what we're gonna be talking about today. But uh, before we do, we may as well do the introductions. It's not like you don't know us at this point, but what the <laughs> hell. With me today is a full house, actually. Justin Barrow. Yeah, you're an asshole, but I'm glad to be here still. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Robinson. I'm here. He's I'm back. back. He's back. I wasn't on the EPL one, but I'm back for this one. Yes, we were, saying you, you, we were saying that on the EPL one, you had a very important job delivering pesticides after Justin's uh, unfortunate accident killed all the crops, right? Yeah. You dick. <laughs> and we have Andre McRae. Some some wannabe farmers doing a podcast for a beautiful game. Absolutely. What's a farm? <laughs> Jesus. What's a, what's a, We're actually going to beat this horse to death. So much now. At this point, we may as well make merch about Justin's farming accident. That might that might actually sell more. Yeah, I know. I'm down. I would I would wear a shirt about me dying in a farming accident, no problem. But before before we uh, we get to mocking up some plans for for uh, Justin farm shirts, did you know that the term playground originates from plague ground because ancient parents saw how frequently kids got sick from playing near others. I think they should have that now so that all the anti-vaxxer kids can just <laughs> <Yeah>. go away. <laughs> This is still true today. Kids are gross and unvaccinated. <laughs> Whenever I meet somebody that's an anti-vaxxer, I'm always like, oh, just, just... They are a special breed, and they're entitled to their wrong opinions. That's the beauty of freedom of speech. They can be wrong. They can say what they want. They can be wrong, and we can call it out for them. But the worst part is that yeah. most of the people that are anti-vaxxers are fucking vaccinated because their parents did it for them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yes. Screwing it up for the next generation because they don't have a chance to screw it up for themselves. Was it that you said to me, Andre, or I don't know if it was you, but it sounds like you. It's like, I would much rather sleep or have a one night stand with an anti vaxxer than a normal person because I'd rather pay three years of child support than 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, now that yeah. is a t shirt I would wear. Oh, I don't right. think I don't think your uh, your school board would approve of that, Justin. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dress down day. He comes in with that one. All right, so uh, my wife's an anti-vaxer. Next up, starting eleven politics edition. I'm game. I'm mm-hmm. branch this baby out. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about let's the start, Canadian election. Starting eleven. Let's see if we can get banned in every country. Yes. <laughs> Special guest host is that Japanese journalist. Uh, um, anyway, speaking of three years versus 18, we uh, faced off against Orlando the other day, who's been in the franchise for what, like three three minutes, three years, four years, five years? They've been like inconsequential the whole time they've been in the league. So no one they really had Kaka. Hey, they had there. Kaka. 
They had to no, call. No one knows. They've, they've been and so they have consequential. N- they've lost their start date documents. No one knows when they came into the league. <laughs> they look great, they, though. They're like they're that friend that just kind of shows up at the party, and you're like, when did you show up? When did you come? And then all of a sudden, they're gone, and you're like, they didn't even say bye to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did anyone notice they were here? <laughs> Dude's alive? <laughs> anyway, that's how we feel about Andre sometimes, actually. This is and, true. And you, Chengiz, and you. Hey, no, I'm always here. I'm just like oh. busy. Oh, so actually, I, I meant to tell you guys I got a, a cool little, cool little bit of information here the other day. So my problem is, is I'm always I'm a wall because my job. Sometimes I'm in a, a warehouse, can't do it. But I may have a new job starting tomorrow as a brewery manager. Oh, what? good. So your problem isn't that you're going to be AWOL. It's just that you're going to be drunk. Great. Big improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Big uh, you know how they say, don't get high on your own supply? <laughs> yeah, don't get drunk on your own beer, Andre. <laughs> yeah. And also, this Cheers. starting with 11 podcast is only slightly inebriated, please. So. <laughs> slightly. Slightly inebriated. Oh, that said, might I have a new sponsor. You never know. But yes. Yeah, Audible.com. <laughs> 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 All right. And now a word from our sponsor, AA. Uh, <laughs> do you have problems with your social life and drinking? <laughs> do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? Boy, do we have an oh audio book for you. Please. Can <laughs> 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 oh man, this is a great start to this podcast. Well, we're just we're just oh. filling in for, right. for the lack so of content this week. Anybody, yeah. yeah, anybody not tuned out, we will get to football. Are you not entertained? Are you not <laughs> entertained? Actually, Andre, I think most people would be would be actually s- still listening at this point because uh, we we have good banter. I think I don't know. My mom says I'm funny. The funny thing is, is I talked to a few people. No, and no, they no said, she says like, you're funny looking, funny looking. Stop ending the sentence beforehand. <laughs> Peter. He makes it very flattering. <laughs> you were saying? I talked to some oh people and they said that they actually enjoy the first 10 minutes of the podcast more than the rest of the podcast because <laughs> they don't wow. really care about soccer, as they called it, but they care about the banter, the back and forth. So... You that's know, this, give the people th- what they want. That's true, and it's 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 very interesting you say that because looking through our metrics and editing the last few episodes, I just realized that around about ten minutes in, that's when Andre starts kicking in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I can't argue that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you can. That's why I said it. Anyways, we have Orlando Let's- Zero, Toronto FC two to discuss. Um, a fairly what turned out to be a pretty routine win for Toronto FC on the road after last week's rather bizarre loss to Portland, bottom place Portland. We were also gung ho about that game too, and then it just fizzled out, or sorry, fizzled out into nothing. Fizzled out in a boot. Fizzled out. Yeah, yeah. He's, Okay, stop trying to adjust our customs here, okay? Uh, that's our they, It's my passport too, so damn it. I, again, he's like, I have it now. I can do this now. <laughs> Get the passport. Oh, I'm so we'll boot this. Like, Give it back. I Give wish back. that was inaccurate. No. So, no, I call, again, I called it. Like, I said that we were going to get a call with our pants down and not to get too excited. And I fucking hate that I was right. And it was a 2-1 game. Mm-hmm. Just not the 2-1 way I wanted it. Right. Fuck. But at least we, we we corrected our wrongs in second game in the row on the road. And uh, we came away with a few talking points. Chiefly, we got to talk about Westberg first. Yes. Peter, 
Praise be unto him. (laughs) I mean, look at it this way. There are so many times during that match where he would get the ball in his feet and spray it to another wing past half. Not just passing it out to the fullback. Spraying it past half to the, the outside midfielder. And I'm just watching the game thinking, this is exactly what TFC need. This is exactly what Greg Vanny envisioned was having a goalkeeper who could actually distribute the ball and isn't just kicking it up and hoping that it's going to hit someone. He knows that he can hit the foot of the player. Um, And he's making good decisions. He's making great saves. You know, when he's going in opposite direction, he's still able to get a hand down. So to me, Quentin Westbury has to be the number one going forward. At least the next game. At least, I mean, at least the next game for sure. Um, I mean, I don't yeah, think I mean, he's going to make that final decision just over that one game because, I mean, in reality, he did lose two. Um, but you know what? The fact that he went back to Westburg after uh, the game against Portland, I think just goes to show that he recognized that the entire team had a garbage performance against Portland, um, so much so that we didn't even have an episode on it. Um, and uh, right. <laughs> that's how bad it was. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think that he recognized yeah, as well. We and just, I think, we I, and, so and, and like I said to you guys, uh, I, what a difference you see when you when you give the the keeper a, a full you know quality side that's actually performing, uh, and what a difference it makes. Uh, and so I, I yeah. think that he needs to get the start next game after that performance against Orlando. And uh, I'll be really shocked if he doesn't. Do you know what? He did have a real trial by fire with Seattle and then uh, with, um, was it Minnesota? No, it wasn't Minnesota. That was Bono. Sorry. Uh, he had a trial by fire with Seattle, then with uh, with Portland. And now he's here. He's come out with flying colors, clean sheet, uh, lots of good saves, lots of good distribution as well. I think a lot of people, the the big question mark was was whether or not his, his shot stopping was as good as his distribution. And he proved that it was. He, he is definitely getting on a little bit for, for a keeper, but he's lost none of his sharpness. And, you know, with, with Westberg, if we get scored on, it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. It's usually the fault of the defense, having an absolute yeah, yeah. field day and uh, with, with the concept of defense. But... Um, you know, when the defense holds out, when, uh, you know, this is going to be tough for me to say, but when Mavinga has a good game like he did against Orlando. That was my first thought was, oh, you know, where's Cengiz? <laughs> you know, when, 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 when it all comes together, you know, then you start to see the good qualities of a keeper too. Because, you know, he's saving shots, he's distributing it well, he's communicating with his back line. Bono is doing none of these things. And like I get it, like with Bono, I think the criticism was definitely amplified by just the sheer amount of goals he let in. But there, but he had a lot of goals being let in that he should have saved, like that flap against Minnesota, just a couple of like positioning against uh, who was it, Chicago Fire when he got chipped, just yeah. little things like that that shouldn't shouldn't happen, and that happened. But I don't see this happening with Westberg. I'm sorry, I need. I need to say something before we go on to more praising Quentin Westberg. I think as much as this is a TFC podcast, we have to take our hats off to Brian Rowe. I think without him, this game could have easily been 4 or 5-0 for TFC. Yeah, oh, That's Brian, true. Yeah, Brian Rowe played an amazing uh, The Orlando yeah. keeper, Brian Rowe. He, he played a blinder. Yeah, absolute blinder. But he was at fault for uh, Chapman's goal, which we'll talk about yeah, in a second. Through the wickets, it's that's one that shouldn't have happened. But I think he made enough saves throughout the I, match to kind of. I also think he was that. caught by. I mean, we'll get to it, but I think he was also caught by surprise the fact that Chapman was able to control that ball. 
So yes. I don't think he was oh, really yes. set for that to happen. Anyways, back to the Westbird praising. Anyways, back to the Westbird praising. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as I said before, his distribution, absolutely spot on. That's exactly what we need, especially in a league like the MLS. If you can have full 11 players able to play with their feet and hit a couple good passes, it totally opens up the match. Whereas a lot of, at least in the past, the MLS was a lot of, your goalkeepers were expert shot stoppers, but they weren't They weren't the way that the Premier League is going now with, with goalkeepers. Or even in the big teams like Barcelona, where <coughs> their goalkeepers are also some of the best passers on the team. Um, you kind of have to have almost like an Andrea Pirlo as a goalkeeper um, who can sort of hit each wing accurately and make good decisions when it comes to collecting the ball and playing it to the open wing. Um, you know, it, t- it takes a higher level thinking than just what Alex Bono has been doing, where when the ball comes to him, he's like, oh, shit, I have to get it out. Yeah, I feel like um, Bono definitely overthought a lot of his stuff. I don't know how much of it is, how much of the 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 media has gotten to him, or how much of his own like him comparing himself to twenty seventeen has has had a negative effect on his mental um, health and whatnot. But it just wasn't working, and the change was was long overdue, much needed, and eventually worked out well. But uh, something we also have to talk about and 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 praise is Chris Mavinga having a very good game. You know, a couple of very that hurts. Wait, did, did we, did we, did we, did we just hear that out of his mouth? Did we? Yeah. Can did Mavinga time have to change? Can, can we make tone? that our new theme oh, song, guys. guys? Can we, can we make that our new theme song? Is just Chengay's praising Mavinga. We're just gonna mix. Yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll be the com- that'll be the commentary do, portion. Do, 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 do. Mavinga time. <laughs> can you give us a Mavinga? <laughs> just so we can put that in the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in times of strife like this, I I tend to think about. Are Mary my- calls for me? No, I tend to think about what my mother always says to me. Is the things you see and hear when you don't have a gun. <laughs> Anyways, if we're all done, um, Chris Mavinga had a good game in offense and attack. He had a really good shot, a reactionary snapshot off a corner, which nearly went in. If not for Brian Rowe, I think. And uh, he had that save, that weird interception. See, here's the thing. That was a weird interception to, to make at the 36th minute where he basically headed it off the bar. I think yeah. Westberg had that. He did. But aside from that, I, I can't... I can't uh, well, I mean, I, I'm just going off highlights here because the Liverpool game was at the same time. I don't recall seeing any sort of panic stations from Mavinga, which is typically what I expect from him. Yeah, no, no, he had, no, he had he had a really great game. He he marked well. He uh, he got back when he needed to. He made some great tackles. He didn't do any reckless. He didn't make any reckless tackles or or go in when he wasn't sure. And and um, it was it was everyone good, was silent. Was I thought someone was gonna jump in. <laughs> like it was just it was just it was something that that I I I, I <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I'm gonna say. But I was watching this game and every five seconds when Mavinga would do something at least good, I was like, oh, Changes is gonna fucking hate this. <laughs> and like, and I'm like. And I'm like, why am I thinking that? Because I'm so happy that he's winning. But I'm like, God, Chingas is going to hate this. I'm like, It's very reassuring to me yeah. that I'm living rent-free in your head. <laughs> oh, yeah, right now, no, no, the invoice is in the mail. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, so he had a good game. I hope this actually continues for the good of the team and for, for the good of Chris Mavinger, too, because he is 
as much as I want to say, I mean, we, we um, oh, sneak peek coming up. We have an interview with David Miller coming up later this week. Yeah. And yeah, we, we did, did. we did ask him about the state of the defense. And I did, I did reveal to him that it was a loaded question. Um, but you're going to have to listen to figure out what he says about it. Yes, but he did. He did say. He did say. I'll reveal this. He did. He does think that Mavinga is our best defender, but that's not really saying much, is it? And if oh, who he else said that, oh, who else said that? What? I think that was me. Oh, ah. oh, yeah. Oh. Anyways, oh, so if anybody dick. wants to go back and do a little self-discovery, start at episode one and continue <laughs> on. With your Mavinga time has got a totally <laughs> different sound. Anyways, can, look. We, can we just say maybe the reason why Mavinga is playing better is his hair's back to blonde. Anybody else think that? Mm, that's that's definitely it. It's yeah, gotta it, be. <laughs> Aro had the opposite effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> which is which is bad because I love Aro. Anyways, um, yeah. So he had a he had a good game, and I just hope that if he's gonna step up, if he's gonna take the mantle up as as our lead defender, as our number one defender, then more more defensive displays like this should boost the team and should start. To help bring some stability to the, to the back line. Yes, they're limited. Yes, I think Vanny doesn't really know how to coach defense. But if you play with confidence, that's an entirely different story. Well, I think the entire back line has to play with confidence. They have to trust that each other is going to be in the right place and that they're going to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that the way that the defense was playing was that it was, if the ball goes through, Lavinga's going to chase after it. Don't worry. Yeah. So... It was him trying, I, I'd say maybe trying a little bit too hard and getting caught out of position a lot um, because he didn't have the trust in the other defenders. But, right. you know, Orlando's not a bad team this season. And no. for them to, for, for TFC to come in in that second half and dominate them like they did, it kind of shows the, the quality of TFC or maybe just the easy schedule that Orlando's had to start the season. Sure. Can we at least can we at least just talk about the the Azario goal like that that yes goal it was so fucking beautiful it was just very Pozzuolo dribble in the 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 fake out in the shot and then that beautiful shot from a hard angle into the side I just sat there watching it going is that actually Azario or did somebody else put his jersey on <laughs> I had well, on well, the highlight reel I thought it was Pozzuolo yeah well we it looks we, like it. We've talked a bit about his background in futsal and how that's sort of where he started playing and, and coming up as a, a teenager, how where he did play and what he what he played a lot of. And I think you saw that on that goal. You saw that that futsal type quality of, of being yes. able to control the ball well and and move it around uh, players like with ease. It's almost like he had the ball on a string attached yeah. to his foot. And no matter like no matter where he put it, the, the touch wasn't too hard. He was able to control it, and yeah, it was just it was an all around great. Um, great goal, and it was—it's actually up for ML, uh, MLS Goal of the Week right now. So. And it, sh it should win it, honestly, because it was—it yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. And I think this is this was great to see because we know Azario has the technical ability to do it. He just hasn't necessarily gotten the opportunities this this um, this year so far because uh, Josie and Pozzuolo have been occupying the that front space, those front spaces where he he found himself with the ball. Um, so. You know, seeing Osorio getting to that position, keeping his composure, relying on his on his instinct to get that goal—that was that's very promising signs for Toronto FC. That, I mean, just to have that X factor in the midfield again is just going to bring another dimension to this team, even more so than it already is. Like, as if you thought Toronto FC was scary right now with Pozuelo and Altidore, well, one of those two wasn't on the pitch, and they're still plenty scary. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and oh. and it, it was interesting because for a first half and second half were almost like two completely different games. Uh, mm. Orlando was was dominating first half. They were pushing. It, it looked as though Toronto FC was going to roll over uh, like they did against Portland. Um, and they managed to kind of pull out the half, uh, you know, with a nil-nil um, draw. And then to come out in the second half, it was a completely different team. Yeah. It was a completely different game. They 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 took it to Orlando. They were they were firing on all cylinders. Vanny definitely had a word. Or Orlando just lost. I don't know what he said, but whatever he did, he needs to say that every game because the the team that we saw in the second half compared to the team we saw in the first half were just two completely different teams. Yeah. And uh, I, that's. I mean, I'm happy about it because we got the three points. And but I want to see that for 90 minutes because the thing is that you take a game like that against a, a team like LAFC or DC United, um, that lackluster first 45 minutes can really hurt you. It's Absolutely. that lackluster first 45 minutes that can really sort of set the stage for your team to, um, you know, lose the game. You just concede two or three goals, and then no matter how well you play in the second half, you might not be able to catch up. Yeah. It's, well, if we can keep them demoralized, like if the back and the defense can actually maintain something, I think we're safe. Because if they get demoralized by shots not going in, then they're, they're either going to want to not take them as much or try to rethink their strategy, and that's where we can still pull and counter and do a lot of that. So hopefully... Mavinga keeps it up with the rest of the back line keep up that pressure that we had all right lads that's going to do it for part one coming up in part two we're going to be talking about the rise of jay chapman how well this team is performing without josie altador and uh talking about more about the upcoming game against atlanta united everybody's favorite team to hate now right oh god (laughs) sorry Yes, of course, of course. It was the dust. Let's blame the dust. All that and more coming right up on the Starting Living Toronto FC Edition. Hey guys, we hope you're enjoying the show so far. And just want to take a quick second to say if you like the podcast and you want to support, just head over to www.fanatics.com slash xipodcast. Buy all your favorite merch, support your favorite team while supporting your favorite podcast. And now, let's get back to the footy talk. Welcome back to the Starring Eleven Toronto FC edition, part two coming at you thick and fast, just like Justin's Instagram babes. Insta babes, thick one. Seriously, when we when we started this, when we when we hired uh, Casey to do our socials, we were what was it? We had like fifty followers, and then we we're following five hundred. So that was just we that <laughs> led to a discussion where I was just like, okay. On social media, you don't want to ever look like you're following, you know, 10 times. You don't want to look like a follow spam account, right? Which is exactly what we look like. And so I looked, I decided to purge the follow list. It took me four hours. And um, about 300 of those followers were uh, very conventionally attractive females. What do you have to say for yourself? Changas has a problem with attractive females. I do not have any problem with attractive females. Let's get that (laughs) off the record. I have a problem when a football podcast account follows attractive females. Hey, hey, they're people too. I'm I'm sure they are. I never said that. (laughs) Maybe some of them like football. You never know. Yeah. We're just, we're bringing football to the masses. Stop excluding them. Yes. I I didn't realize we turned into the sun. But anyways, let's talk about, (laughs) let's talk about... 
Toronto FC. <laughs> Justin is conspicuously silent because he knows he's not going to win anything to end this discussion. <laughs> no, it's because he's following. Hey, he's following. Yeah, I, I'm actually that's in why. the middle of following. <laughs> right now. That's what, I do. what was it? Babes in business. That, babes uh, in business. That's it. Babes in business. Go check them out. Hashtag not an ad. Uh, <laughs> crying inside. Anyways. Anyway, so quick, quick uh, stat bomb for you guys. 13 shots uh, during the game against Orlando, 9 on target, 58% possession, 609 passes versus 424, and 87% possession. This looks like a team that's playing with Josie Altidore, but isn't. No Josie, no problem. Well, it's a completely different squad when Josie's not playing. Um, you know, when we have Josie up top, it then becomes you have that little bit of a target man. You have that little bit of hold-up play. Um, so I feel like the game might move a little bit slower with Josie up there, whereas when he's not up there, we need to have that quick passes, a lot of players moving. Um, it's kind of more the tiki-taka, one-two type players um, and play that is happening when Josie's not there. And it's good that the team can adapt to both and that we're able to now pick up points with both because you never know. Josie has, has shown that in the past he's he is a little bit made of glass. So you do have to be very careful with him. Um, so I, I think that Orlando was just a good display of the two types of Toronto FC that you can get. I mean, the, the good and the bad. The first half, not that good. The second half, very good. Um, but yeah, it's just good that they're an adaptable squad like that. And it's interesting that he's given Jay, Jay Hamilton his, his second... Sorry, Jordan Hamilton is his uh, second second start in two games now um and he's left the likes of terence boyd completely off the roster he didn't even make the bench for this is it a surprise i mean it's not a surprise but you know you, there was a big deal made about bringing him in and he was very similar in stature to josie algador so perhaps vanny's adapted now he's seen what pozuelo can bring out of fast technically adept players and now well is there space for terence boyd at all in this squad honestly i think this, so my opinion on Terrence Boyd is that he's old school MLS mm. so back in the day when it was a rough tumble you know you need a big target man striker in the league like when we brought in Danny Coovermans we had Danny Dicchio Alan right. Gordon was that type right. of player as well um, and I, I guess Zlatan to a lesser extent is that now but Zlatan is more technically gifted than probably most players in the league if mm -hmm. not all players in the league whereas Terrence Boyd just doesn't have that technical ability to play the tiki-taka one-two that Greg Vanny wants to play. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like he's he's severely lacking in the technical skills. Um, and the way that this league is, this athletic league, you can't just have a big guy who stands up there and takes the ball down. To, it's, it's not the way the league plays so, anymore. So then why um, why is he in the squad at all? Why, why are we paying him money? Uh, I ask myself the same question every single day. And <laughs> Ali Curtis, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why you haven't shipped him off yet? I mean, I, I don't I even think TFC2 could really use him. I'm really curious what they saw in him. Just because I ha I understand, like, you know, with the Champions League, uh, there was the whole mess. And then beginning of the year. Um, but I feel like now we're at a point where you should be at least seeing some sort of quality if there is any. Uh, and there hasn't been. Uh, and every time he's come on the pitch, whether it's been as a starter or as a sub, um, he hasn't shown anything anything that's you know even remotely impressed any of us um you know it's not like 
it's that's it, understandable to come into a new team and a new league and have to adjust and you know like that's totally fair but you think you would see something you you would see you know uh, a goal or, or or an assist or, or a sign of but he's not even making the bench at this rate yeah, he's no, going the way I of John know, and, I mean. and he's ne- he's never going yeah. to like if he keeps up that work rate that he's got he's never going to make that bench again and that's it sucks because we are paying him that money and he's going to be under contract but you know what maybe it'll just be good to have him as a backup Shit sure. man, we get an injury another one yeah just to know we have someone there maybe he can kind of step into it but yeah i am with you like the fact that we're paying all this money for a guy we're not using that's like buying a sandwich and then sitting in your fridge and be like oh, i'll get to that hey man the college is hard like i feel like <laughs> terrence boyd is that sandwich. you sandwiches when you're in college i didn't even get food <laughs> terrence boyd is that sandwich that's already molded and you're just about to throw it out Oh, that's mean. Realistically, that's, that's there's mean. no need for him on the squad. Every, so, so wait, one out of five sandwiches, what do you rate him? One out of five sandwiches? <laughs> he, he's the molded one that we're going to throw out. He's like <sighs> maybe so, a quarter so of a sandwich. So he's like okay. a one and a half molded sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be real. I was not expecting this conversation to devolve about mold and how it, we can equivalent <laughs> that to Terrence Boyd. I was just, I was trying to steer this conversation into the direction of like praising Akinola for actually keeping him out of the starting 11. But sure, let's let's go with that. Terrence Boyd is moldy. You know what? We're having we're having more fun this one. Fuck it. Okay. Screw this can, can we can <laughs> yeah. we can we can we try my my way now? <laughs> so so Akinola so is a solid three out of five sandwiches. Then yeah, no, but yeah, listen, Akinola is like a two sandwiches. Two sandwiches guy. <laughs> I give up. Justin, you're hosting now. I give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gone. Ten years <laughs> is leaving. Out the window. Mavinga had a good game, and Terrence Boyd is moldy. This has been the starting eleven. <laughs> No, this is my thing. I compared Terrence Boyd to John Baccaro. We traded for we chi- we traded Nicholas Hasler for John Baccaro. Mm. John Baccaro, I think he's made like two or three first team appearances. Other yeah. than that, he's been like rotting away in TFC two. Sure. If that, I mean, I, I think he's going to get loaned out to the Fury, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah, according to rumors, but we don't know for sure. I feel like Terrence Boyd is a player that we could trade to someone like Cincinnati um, and maybe and get, get some back Tam Hagelin's. or something like that back. Some, or get Haglund back. Or get Haglund back. <laughs> yeah. But ha- Haglund isn't, isn't leaving Cincinnati anytime soon. God, I know. Okay. I've, been, I've been calling him every day and he says, stop calling me. Uh, <laughs> no, no. It's. But speaking of the players that we do have here, should Bono be benched? You already know my answer. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, like for the rest of the season type thing. Mm. That's hard to say because obviously, if there's an injury, you need him to come in. You know, yeah, I well, mean, we barring injuries. Boyd and Nick. <laughs> Jesus <know>. Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Screw it. Maybe he's been well, a I mean, secret like, goalkeeper the whole season. Um, yeah, yeah. He can't. He can't score him, but he can keep him out. Yeah. No, they. Have a well, I mean, let's kick. be fair. He he's very good at keeping the ball he shoots out of the net. Yeah. So. But uh, you know what, though? I don't think benched. I, I definitely keep him on there, keep bringing him on again. Let him get that hunger back. Let him work. Let him focus because that was what happened with Irwin. He got his start and he went and he just showed up. So, you know what? Keep him out for now, but do bring him back. Just show him. Like, you, you're not – you can lose your position. It doesn't matter how great you were or had it. You can lose your position, and now we've got somebody who took it. Mm. So, get your hunger back. Get your skills back up, and you'll come right back in. He gets so- Canadian Championship games, and that's it. Yeah, so you want you gonna relegate him to a cup keeper, second keeper status? Yeah, pretty much. So not not even a case of you know, oh, it's a lower placed Western Eastern team. Let's give him a run out and see how he does. 
No, I don't even think that because those are trap games. Like we just saw with Portland. We lost three points against Portland. It's true. Um, not because we played Bono, because the whole mm-hmm. team played horribly. But That's true. Those are the trap games, and we can't deal with his mistakes, his mental lapses that, that have led to goals. But if he comes out from the cold against an Eastern Western lower division, lower half of the table team, then it's arguable that he could put in a, a blinder of a performance. And it, like, because we know the defense is going to be asleep for that in those games. So that might give him some, t- some uh, room to shine there. I mean, maybe we'll see. I don't know, but what, like, do we do we take the risk kind of thing? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a Bono supporter, but even I have to, you know, I have to look at it and go, well, is it worth it? Yeah, that's a fair comment. Um, Cause like, because like, because that three points dropped can be a real big issue, you know, like especially in a league like this, we we can't afford that three points dropped. And if Bestberg is is putting his effort in and he's showing results. Yeah, that Sorry, that love you, but that uh, that last result did kind of put us more in line with with the rest of the teams. Philadelphia United, DC United, sorry, are both twenty points from eleven games. We are four points behind uh, with eight games played, so we have three games in hand. Ideally, nine points cl- nine points to gain in the next few matches to make up that difference, which would then put us five points clear at the top. But as it stands right now, we are averaging two points a game. Philadelphia United are also averaging roughly, give or take, two points a game. So we're definitely in the mix for those those top positions um, very comfortably. In the, I think we're very comfortably going to make the playoffs. Uh, whether or not we win the Supporters' Shield remains to be seen. But coming up next, Justin, is our game against Atlanta United, who are in relatively good form. Three wins from four after a rather mediocre start to the season. What do you think we should be doing for this one? Do you think this is going to be a tough game? Do you think we should be experimenting with formation? Should we be giving Atlanta some more respect now that they've sort of dug their dug their way out of the hole that they found themselves in? You have to give Atlanta respect. I mean, regardless of how they started the season, they're still a, a, a quality side. They won the MLS Cup. Uh, and I honestly think that they're experiencing what Toronto FC experienced last year, which is everybody wants to take a piece of you mm-hmm. uh, when you're at the top. Um, so I feel like, you know, we need to go in with um, the utmost amount of respect for them. Um, you know, we're going in. It's a midweek game away in Atlanta. Um, 70,000 strong supporters there. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a raucous at- atmosphere. Um, I, I'm, I feel like they need to... I'm not sure about Josie. I know that he was training with the team, so I'm not sure if he's going to be there for that game. Um, I'm assuming probably not uh, because it is on turf. Uh, and if he's dealing with a hamstring issue, they might keep him back. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if the team plays the way they did against Orlando in the first half, uh, we're going to see a blowout by Atlanta United, and Joseph Martinez is going to put on a clinic against us. Uh, but I think that if you know if, if we line up similarly to how we did against Orlando, and and we come out playing the way they did, uh, I think Chapman should start. Uh, I think Marky Delgado should not. Uh, I think you need Chapman on the pitch. Uh, um, I liked Akinola. I thought that he, he was a huge, you know, don't be wrong. Hamilton's great, but I think that Akinola uh, should get the start for this one. Um, and I, I honestly would think that if they're f- flying on all cylinders like they were in that second half, I, I honestly think that we could go down there and easily beat Atlanta comfortably. Well, uh, you, you say that, you say that, and obviously I hope that as well, but I'm looking at, at their figures right now. They have the joint least amount of goals conceded along with LAFC, who are at the top of the Western Conference. They've only conceded eight goals this season. We've scored 21. Is this going to be a case of immovable object meets unstoppable force? 
Maybe, maybe, but the problem is that Atlanta, you know, it's a shit team, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> just straight away. Jokes aside, just jokes aside. No jokes aside. They they they've had a rough patch. That you can tell there's an issue with management and players. So I think. What you mean, Frank DeBoer so isn't world class? What? I know, my God, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, the fact that they could lose one player and then they start to suck when we had our entire fucking team field stripped and then totally taken away. But you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, no bitter. Not no, no, bitter. no, no. You know, it's been a, it's been a year. It's it's so it's, it's in the past. It. <laughs> but they, I, that's the issue though, because you've got you've got this team that's been stripped. You you've got this team that's got issues with management and players, and they're just not playing the same. They're not doing the same things. So we could easily go there and exploit this weakness, and that's going to fluster them. Yeah. When they get flustered, they've been having a lot of difficulty putting the ball in the net. Yeah, they got least amount of goals conceded, but we don't need yeah, to score they've, by four. They've conceded if we it, get a one nil loss or win, then that that one goal we get it is gonna fluster them and you know Martinez is gonna be just nipping at the heel to get a goal and he'll I, I bet you any money he'll either get a yellow card or he'll do something drastic if we get another he'll definitely be a factor as he always is in an Atlanta United games now they've scored nine conceded eight but they scored three of those nine in the last game alone with Joseph Martinez back amongst the goals so Peter do you think he's going to be in the mood to uh, score against Toronto FC do you think uh, Mavinga and Simon will be able to stop him how do you set up against him or do you target him or do you target his supply well Joseph Martinez is a guy that's really hard to play the offside trap against uh, because mm. he's so quick. Um, so I do kind of see this as a Michael Bradley's going to sit back really deep in this game. Um, I think you have Mavinga stay to him the entire match uh, because Mavinga does have that little touch of pace that might be able to keep up with him as well as he's a little bit stronger physically. Um, and honestly, Joseph Martinez has some of the best hops in the MLS for such a short guy. Mm. The amount of headers that this guy wins is amazing. Um, so it's going to be a real test for Mavinga and Simon or more, whoever plays, probably Simon. Um, but do you, honestly, know what I, I do you know what I've noticed? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I think you keep Mavinga on him uh, like Lou the entire time. Yeah. Okay, well, what, what, so Peter, question for you then. How many sandwiches out of five do you give Martinez? Oh my God! No, uh, no, Martinez we're not is doing like this. Four point five out of five sandwiches as a striker in the MLS. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yep. Anyway, something. I do whatever I can. This is the new rating system for the starting eleven podcast. Sandwiches out of five sandwiches. Speaking of four and a half sandwiches out of five, Michael Bradley, right? And one thing, <laughs> one thing that I've noticed. One thing that I've noticed is in this season so far is every time he's sort of sat very, very deep into to the point where he may as well be a third centre-back, we lose the midfield. We cede possession. We don't have that anchor. We don't have that regista kind of dictating the play. We almost have a DM slash third CB who is so afraid of going forward that he can't track back effectively, if that makes any sense. Like, he, he's not naturally a defender, so he doesn't get into the positions you expect your, your dedicated DM to be. But he also doesn't want to leave them, so he kind of he gets caught in two minds. I'm not sure if Bradley is suited to play that deep. And against a, a team that can be as vicious as Atlanta United, I think we need to control that midfield more than anything else. Uh, I think so. That's, that's... I think you're going to need to have Bradley as that midfield general like he's supposed to be that linchpin between Pozzuolo and uh, the defense 
Um, mm. But I think this is Greg Vanny's default, is if he's playing against a team like Atlanta that's relatively good going forward um, and plays with a lot of, uh, you know, they lost Almiron. It's a huge loss for them. But um, they still have quality. We can't yeah. forget that they still have quality going forward. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think his default is to drop Michael Bradley back and play as that almost that stopper in front of the, the back four. Um, yeah. So I think as much as we think it's going to lose the midfield, I think that's Greg Vanny's default. And until it, it's, until it's really obvious that it's going to bite him doing that, he's going to continue to do that. Andre, would you play counter-attacking football against Atlanta United? Or do you play Michael Bradley a little bit more aggressively so that Osorio can get up there in the mix with the two strikers and uh, put the hurt to Atlanta? Honestly, and I was going to mention that too, I think it's going to be a lot more on Vanny doing some some research on, on Atlanta to see where they are in the season. I would put him up a little bit further. I would allow Michael. He's, a great, he's great with the ball. He can command the field fairly well, and he's good at holding it. So... I'd give them the freedom to run up. I think I think that if you keep them on their back heels, you're, you're going to stop any of their... Martinez is not going to have the ability to go forward. Mm-hmm. So like trying to counterattack is not good because if you give them the option to strike and they get it, you're not, not, not counterattacking, you're catching up. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. No. We're not, we're not that good when it comes to the catch-up game, and especially on a pitch like that that's all fake. They're going to have the advantage. They, they, it's, a, it's an actual home advantage versus just... The crowd being raucous, the field itself is totally different. Yeah, we so, always we always have a, this nasty habit of losing our arms while we're trying to take out their legs, sort of thing in a, in, a, in a battlefield yeah. where we we try to score two, but they'll score three. Like you remember, yeah. you remember the game against Minnesota, right? Like we 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 went two two nil up, and then they went no sorry we went one nil up, then it was one two, and we still end up we end up winning four three, but we conceded another goal and trying to get those goals back. So and yeah, and I don't think with their attacking power we can afford to do that. Our defense just isn't good enough. Even with Mavinga having a great game, it's just not good enough. So I say go forwards, keep them on the back heel, and and push them back and watch them kind of stutter and struggle a little bit to deal with it. Because clearly, when they're pushed back like that, they just they're they're hoping on the counterattack basis. So yeah. Justin, Justin? any thoughts? <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean you guys have like, taken yes, no, yes. you guys have you, <laughs> um, no, you guys have taken the words. I mean, <laughs> right, right out of my brain. Um, and uh, I honestly just think that um, I feel like the Atlanta has they do have the attacking power where we we need to be cautious defensively. But I don't think sitting back and trying to play them on the counter is a smart move, uh, especially when you have someone like Joseph Martinez who has the quality that he does. And um, I just don't think we're strong enough yet to uh, handle Atlanta United um, by playing the counterattack. I have a bold prediction. Uh-oh. I think Akinola starts. Oh, no. Whoa. Yeah, it might happen. Yeah. Was that the bold? Was that bold? There was more than that. That wasn't the bold prediction, was it? No, no, that was it. Because I honestly don't know how this game's going to go. Because we have, you know, again, like we've scored the most, but they've also conceded the least. And it's away. So there's always that factor that I think the crowd's going to get to our players, unfortunately. I don't think we're mentally strong enough to, to withstand that kind of noise. But I'm going to call it a draw. I'm going to say it's going to be 2 2. I have a bold prediction. Go on. Alex Bono starts. Fuck right off, no. Okay, no, 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 no. What? Okay, let's be fair though, because he has stopped 
again, to reiterate the fact, Atlanta has never beaten us. And Bonnaroo has played every single one of those games where they've never beaten us. So their team is mostly unchanged except for the player that they took away in Almiron. So, I could see him switching goalkeepers and starting Bono because he's going to use the justification of saying it's a midweek game. They played on Saturday. They have a home game coming up, and he wants to give exactly. Westbrook some rest. Sure. That, yeah, and and that's a bigger true. game. It's true. And it's true. Westbrook's an older goalkeeper. I, I well, it doesn't Bono's really there. matter as much for goalies, really. Like, no. But I see. I can see the justification for Philly because Philly are top of the league, so we need we need our best 11 out on the field for that. So do you think do you think uh, Pozuela gets rested? Do you think uh, this game is a freebie for 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 uh, no. Atlanta? Pozuelo, no, because like look how many times we said Pozuelo should be rested, and then he's right out there in the starting eleven. Yeah, sure. I don't think Pozuelo will want to be rested. I think it's he's probably maybe tried or brought it up, and Pozuelo made a stink. But maybe a couple times where like Portland, he probably should have been rested, but it's like no, <laughs> no. Pozuelo does any like, ah, does anybody in the starting eleven get rested? Um, uh, I could we get see maybe no. like when's the last time that Bradley got rested? That's a good he question. He doesn't really get rested. Like he plays every single so game. Nobody, but nobody can fill in for him. Nobody can fill in for him. It's just like to put, go out there and play every single game and and not get rested and and very rarely get substituted. It's just mm. I mean maybe maybe when, amazing. right before he, when he came from Roma. That's that was his rest period on the flight over. Well, I heard a legend about Michael Bradley. Okay, so. They went to USA uh, soccer camp um, for the national team. They did the beep test to find out the, the fitness of all the guys coming in. Everyone was out of the beep test at like 11. Michael Bradley kept going for like another three stages to like 14. Just him. He'll run forever. It's unreal. The, the beep test is just a way to legally torture children and adults. <laughs> I swear to God. Because run, run until you either collapse or you hear a final beep. Other than that, die on that field, and then listen to you like lament over your shit what, performance. What I'm getting out of all of this is that uh, Michael Bradley is not a four and a half out of five. He's a five out of five sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> I will give him a solid four tuna sandwiches out of five. Tuna sandwiches. Yeah. What a Fresh chicken salad sandwich. Mozzarella sandwich on focaccia bread, fresh <laughs> out of the bakery, with some pesto. That is cool. Okay, so pesto. Yes. Just not like so. Anybody listening, I think you can clearly determine who grew up in a fancier home. <laughs> Motherfucker, I didn't come. I came here. Okay, I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if I am not pleased with the standard of food that you call. Well, I, I, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm not. Quite satisfied. Tuna sandwiches. So, listeners, if you like tuna sandwiches, you know what to send him every Christmas and birthday. Listen, I didn't grow up in a culture where it was societally acceptable to have Wonder Bread on the table. <laughs> That's true. That is true. It's never acceptable to have Wonder Bread on the table. You know, times are rough if Wonder Bread is on the table. Jeez. Okay. So <laughs> Well, the best part is, is poor people usually don't listen to podcasts. So we're not <laughs> wow. There we go. <laughs> and that's it for the starting 11 podcast. This is the last ever podcast because Andre got lynched and then we went to his funeral, which we couldn't pay for. So we got lynched in the process as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Oh, did I get predictions from you guys about the game yet? Uh, no. Okay, Justin, no. prediction. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? I called her from the beginning, so I'm going to say it now. I think it's going to be a 3-1 win for TFC. 2-1 win for TFC. Like it. 
Three one. It's it's getting every it's getting larger every time. Is it four one now? Four one win. <laughs> oh my god, he wants a five one win, guys. Four, four one, four one, one. Ten one win. Ten one. Yes, a goal difference that Arsenal can use. Anyways, Peter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. Now we are gonna win. Now now TSE is gonna win eight nothing, and I'm gonna be sitting here as an Arsenal fan going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" So it can Pete, happen. Uh, Miracles yeah, can, can happen. They can happen. Yeah, mir- miracles can. Santa is <laughs> real. Oh, Peter, what's your prediction? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm gonna say yeah, this is probably gonna be like a two-two draw. Hey, my prediction. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and Andre, what's your did... irrelevant prediction? I d- <laughs> <laughs> my irrelevant prediction. I think I've been right the past two games. So uh, we'll have to we'll now, have to get Casey to verify that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I I actually said it earlier in the podcast. I, I'm saying it's a one nil. It's it's not going to be a big win. It's going to be a scrappy win. It's going to be a, it's going to be a one nil win for us. Okay, all right, fair. I think I think we're just going to get lucky footed. It's going to be one of those like goals that you're going to be like, oh, that's probably offside so or hand, like or handball. Yeah, or or something. It won't be a penalty. What it'll probably be is like just a scrappy drops in the the. 18 yard box everybody kicks at it and it kind of slips in it'll be a I want to see what I think is going to happen no you know what it will be you know what it'll be it'll be a Florentine Pogba own goal no everyone kind of kicks at it then it just slips in (laughs) (laughs) I'm rating that two out of five sandwiches (laughs) that was yeah oh man See, he's getting part of it. We're, we're going to get the sandwich thing going. See, I don't have to like what you say, but I will adapt it better than you can ever use it. All right, that's going to be our new graphic nah, on Instagram. I don't give Instagram. a damn. I'll still take the credit for it. You'll sound better talking about two out of three sandwiches, <laughs> and then I can put it on a shirt. Two out of three Shange's meatloaf approved. sandwiches. Huh? Nobody? And that is it for this week's starting eleven. (laughs) 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 No, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. That is going to be it from us uh, for this week. Uh, As ever, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Google, Spotify. You know the rest. We're everywhere. Um, Be sure to hit us up at our socials: XI Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are partial to Instagram because we have pictures, and because that's where our following is the largest. Don't add us, please. Um, But do send us light abuse, especially towards uh, Andre McRae, who uh, (laughs) has interesting Friday nights in front of his phone. Let's put it that way. Hey, don't get me wrong. I am lonely, so I will take any contact with any human. (laughs) Okay, you heard it here first. And from all of us here at the Starting Eleven, thank you so much for listening. We have been Justin Barrow. Thank you guys so much. And also, be sure to check out our website, www.xipodcast.com, and enter our contest for a free Pozuelo jersey, free swag. Oh, yeah, weekly weekly, uh, word this week is sandwich. Yeah, sandwich. Sandwich. Uh, And we've also been Peter Robinson. Uh, I give this podcast a solid two and a half sandwiches out of five yep uh, Andre McRae <laughs> what a beautiful sandwich but a lovely game <laughs> and myself Cengiz Khan support local sandwiches <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also local football don't forget about that uh, coming up this week is a very special interview with David Miller you don't want to be missing that subscribe to the podcast to stay tuned and be and you will be sure to get that interview as soon as it drops thank you so much for listening we'll see you then